Hi, welcome to Saturday Soup for the Sister's Soul. This podcast was created to soothe, heal, inspire, nurture and elevate. Like a good bowl of Saturday Soup. Our intention is that you'd be warmed and nourished that your experience would be soothing and comforting and that you would leave this conversation feeling good, feeling good. I'm Cherry Gillings. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here today. I really hope that you find something useful here. So it's been Thanksgiving in the US and we don't have Thanksgiving in the UK. We don't have anything like that. And um, I'm kind of glad in one way that we don't because the British have done a lot of damage around the world and, you know, if they celebrated everywhere they'd done damage, we'd probably be celebrating all the time. And then most of us... We wouldn't be celebrating because we don't appreciate or respect what's been done and how it's been done and how people have been exploited and, you know, we don't appreciate the genocide and we're not grateful for that. And then the other side of Thanksgiving is that we can all actually acknowledge what we are grateful for in our lives today, who we are grateful for. You know, we can look at the personal experience of who am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? We can count baubles and we can count blessings, right? And it seems that many people have put their Christmas trees up early over here in the UK. I guess it's not surprising given there's been so much dark news that people want some brightness and they want it for as long as they can get it. But I wonder if you were to hang the blessings of the year upon your tree how many blessings would there be if you were to make blessings cards small pieces of wood something creative and you invited people in your household or your friends to share as well they could tell you about oh yeah this is the blessing that they've seen in your life this year imagine hanging blessings on your tree I think I might even do this myself I much prefer the idea I'd rather count blessings than baubles baubles shatter and break and they're just temporary plastic things but blessings gifts graces acts of kindness that we've received 
these are <laughs> they're like magic aren't they they're actions that often restore hope or restore faith when hope and faith are thin on the ground so that was my noticing around Thanksgiving and being prepared to count blessings even if we disagree with the origins and the the practice actually what good can we find in it and that's a mindset right what can we take out of this experience that can actually be nourishing and useful for us in this moment that's the business of Saturday soup you know taking what is here and making something out of it that's good for us that's nourishing for us so on this week's podcast I wanted to talk to you about wholeness and it kind of follows on from if you heard last week's podcast it kind of follows on a little bit from that around accepting ourselves but here's here's what I wanted to say about wholeness very often you'll hear this as a statement that when you love yourself enough then you'll do X, you'll do Y, you will do Z and all of the things that you do will be in alignment with your highest good and I used to hear that when you love yourself enough and I, and I had no marker for that and I know that so many women have no marker for that and so many men have got no marker no somatic marker no marker within their bodies for what that's like and the suggestion that you should love yourself and that you could love yourself implies that there is a one who is loving towards another aspect a self that can be loved right when you love yourself enough the suggestion is that there is a you and a yourself now each and every one of us was born whole whole in the beginning there is only the wholeness and when we see when we encounter a newborn child we instinctively know this the child's got no conscious thinking about itself there's no sense of it being separate of course our early life experiences then shape us and inform us and the idea that there is a difference between there is an us, there is a me and a world, there is a me and other people. But 
if we're neglected and abused in those experiences. Our experience of separation is nuanced with pain, fear and insecurity. Perhaps we begin to believe things about ourselves and the world. It's a way that the system tries to mitigate against the experience that it's having. We talk about defences and defence mechanisms in kind of psychological and counselling terms. But I really think that, and I'd invite you to check this out for yourself, that our defence mechanisms are protective mechanisms and that when we look at them from the perspective that they're protecting, their sole purpose is to protect, then we can be much kinder. When we're much kinder to ourselves, there's just more peace in the system. All of these protective strategies and energies or parts of ourselves, their whole mission is to protect. But you know, these things create our most deep-rooted beliefs. They inform our emotional palette, the range of colours that we've got to play with, that we paint our lives with. These beliefs are setting the tone and the rhythm of our actions. And very often, these energies overshadow the core self very often we become so identified with them even proud of them I'll give you some examples fierce independence how many of us have taken pride in our fierce independence taking pride in our ability to not need to be able to manage and cope and do all things in our lives take for example the strong black woman this narrative that many of us have lived in and even sought to be aspired to be Take, for example, the perfectionist, the overachiever, the overworker, the underachiever, the right-on revolutionary. All too often, these energies 
unknown to us all too often we are so identified with them invested in them even and perhaps what we're inviting is a curiosity like let's just be a little bit curious because very often the roles that we've developed are protective mechanisms for survival in a hostile environment sometimes that hostility is overt in the case of you know early neglect and early abuse and early kind of adverse childhood stuff may be explicitly hostile and then there's the more subtle hostilities that we grow with and the mechanisms that we put in play to protect ourselves we can too easily become invested in them because they've they've worked they've saved ourselves they've saved our backsides on more than one occasion huh so in that sense for me it's not enough to say oh those things are illusions and only the core self is real in that kind of binary thinking it's not helpful for me and it might not be helpful for you too but here's the things that have been helpful for me first thing is curiosity take a gentle curiosity to how you're showing up and really this thing only matters right this only matters when you're not flowing when you know oh, i'm in a funk or i'm not at my best or i don't feel on point or my energy feels off like slow down slow down and get curious somatic awareness going into the body tuning into your sensations now the beautiful thing about our senses is they are a gateway into the present moment i know we hear all kinds of talk about now this and now that and the only time is now and you know being present and we talk about it like it's a mystical magical thing but actually your senses the way into this moment a gateway into present moment experience and we'll pick up on that later acceptance this this is the other thing that's been helpful for me so whatever dynamic whatever energy is present I want to befriend it. I want to befriend it. 
whatever this moment is offering, I want to be in acceptance of it. And finally, of course, remembering wholeness. So what does this look like? How does this show up? How does it play out? You can ask yourself, right? Well, let me ask you. Who are you being in this moment? In this moment right now? Where do you sense the energy in your body right now? Where did this energy arise? When did this energy arise? Does it have an age? Does it know that there's a grown-up you? What's the function? What is its function? What does it really want? And what feelings occur towards this? Can you simply appreciate the expression of the energy? Are you willing to offer loving acceptance? And is this part of you willing to be loved? Like the last question, I get that it might sound a bit random. I'm speaking as somebody who who met a very small version of myself and that little cherry was angry and yeah, angry and the energy from her was like, where have you been? like she had waited for so long So, was she willing to be loved in that moment? No. (laughs) No, she was not. She was furious. Where have you been? Was her question to me. I apologised for taking so long. I apologised that I had been scared that I hadn't been brave enough to go to her. I promised that I would come every day until she was ready to know that she could rely on me to help her. It took a regular practice of me showing up and being present to make peace with this little one inside. I think this is the most potent work that we can do. I think that when we do the healing and make peace within ourselves, we make peace with other people and so with the outer world. 
I talk about this stuff so much, I think, because I am one who most needs to remember that that we are whole, that we can have experience of separation and differentiation. And underneath that is the energy, the oneness. And so, I, I guess it's like this. An icicle does not look like water. It doesn't look like what it's made of. And even when the expression of the whole shows up in sharp and uncomfortable ways, it remains always and is only ever an expression of the whole and it can't be anything else. Our experiences don't look like what they're made of either. People don't look like what they're made of either. And it's not the icicles of illusions, right? Just like parts of the self, they're not illusions. They're just a form of the self under particular conditions, just like icicles are a form of water under particular conditions. You know something else? Water doesn't look like hydrogen oxygen it doesn't look like H2O it doesn't look like the energy the atoms and the molecules of hydrogen and oxygen but that's what it is it doesn't look like what it's made of neither do we and neither do our experiences particularly when we're looking and living from the subconscious mind and predictive brain and that's what we do and we have to do it because it's efficient and the brain will always take the shortest possible route and that is efficient for us except when it isn't and our job is to notice when it isn't I had this beautiful meditation yesterday, which kind of led me to this post, really. And so I often call in higher guides to walk with me on meditation. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, so as my meditation began, I very quickly went from one space to, to some something somewhere else. And what I remembered and noticed was the colour, the blue, the purple and the starlight and the moonlight. And there was a river and as we approached the river, there was a boulder this huge great boulder at the side of the river and I noticed the boulder 
and I didn't stare, I just noticed it. But in my mind, I had the idea that, oh, I could go and sit on that. But that wasn't what I was guided to do. What I was guided to do was to look up ahead a little and I could see like paving stones and the light was reflecting off them, they were wet and I just followed the paving stones which passed by the river. The river was flowing gently, it was beautiful. And I followed the path to the entrance of a little cave and I sat down in the cave. And as I looked back up the river, I could see the boulder. And I could see and hear the river flowing. And the message from the, from the meditation was that oftentimes we experience or we encounter a problem and we try to get on top of it. And when we are trying to get on top of it, we begin to look at life, the river flowing, from the perspective of the problem. And we have all kinds of coping skills and strategies and defences that we employ to manage from the space of the problem. There is always somewhere else to go. The problem didn't need to be destroyed. It didn't need to be climbed upon. It didn't need to be gotten on top of, in fact. I only needed to keep moving. And it was a lovely meditation. And when I came out of it, that was my thought. My thought was that, ah, I don't have to sit on the problem. I don't have to get on top of the problem. I only have to keep moving and find a place of peace. And you know, the river was flowing towards me the whole time. Life was flowing towards me the whole time. Life was flowing towards me and by me the whole time. Just like life does. Life just does that. And the water kept moving. Because life does that too. So here's an example of how that icicles and water and energy might look. Especially when we're speaking about ourselves and problems. So here's a statement. I am a survivor of all manner of things. Icicles. It's true, right? You may well be a survivor of all manner of things too. It's true, right? We are not our feelings. 
We are not our thinking. We are more than our experience. That's water. There's flow, there's space. There's transformation, there's shift, there's life, there's energy, there's movement. We are, I am, essence before all things and all things occurring at the same time. Energy. That's wholeness, oneness, all things. No separation. So when we experience parts of ourselves in our mood, in our thinking, in our feeling, our job is to really, as best as we can, offer loving acceptance, offer loving kindness, be curious, notice where the energy shows up in our bodies, to ask useful questions of ourselves, ask useful questions of the dynamic. Is it willing to be loved? Is it willing to be helped? I promise you that all aspects of you are trying to always protect you and they're not always equipped to do the job but you are from that place of wholeness, that place of oneness, you are. When you show up from that place and you extend the olive branch to make peace within, even if there's a part of you that's like a little child having a major tantrum that's telling you to go away, you know, accept that. Tell that inner child that you love it and that you'll be back tomorrow. And then guess what? Make sure you go back. There's an art to showing up in the world. Just like Rumi said. But that art begins in showing up for yourself. And when you catch a glimpse of the divine, when you catch a glimpse of that spirit that dances within your chest, the the ancestral energy that goes before you, that dances within you, when you catch that, there's a willingness, there's a willingness to love. that sight becomes the art of showing up for yourself and showing up in the world and making the best of your time, making the best and the most of your life we only have this one that we consciously know about I hope you have a good week (laughs) 